Thanks for choosing to listen to another City Point West podcast. I trust that this message empowers and encourages you to continue your journey of faith. Enjoy. One of my life scriptures, one of the passages of scripture over the next couple of weeks that is genuinely something that God speaks into my life continually. It's one of those verses I, I love to just meditate upon and spend a lot of time uh, reading through. And if you have a Bible and you can see it, because we have lights now, open to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. and that was just for you, girl. Just for you. Colossians chapter 3. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, we had a young man come and join our youth ministry. His name was Josh. And uh, he's, he's actually moved away now for work, but... He got saved here in the house of God, and, and uh, he, he grew up in Anala, and he, he got saved here. And I remember when he first came to our youth ministry, I uh, hung out with him a little bit, spent a bit of time with him. And I remember wherever we went, he would always be looking at people and, and saying, those people are staring at me. I remember him like, one day we're driving in the car, he's like, did you see that? I'm like, see what? What happened? That guy was staring at me. And I'm like, you sure he was staring at you? I'm pretty sure he didn't even notice you, but obviously the guy had a high self-esteem because he had this picture that everybody around him was looking at him. Now, I remember one time we're talking through, walking through the shops and just out of nowhere, he turns this person, like, what are you looking at? I'm like, now I can tell you what he's looking at. He's looking at some stupid idiot that thinks you're staring at him. But he had this picture all the time that somebody was just always looking at him, always staring at him. I, I, I reckon... A hundred times he said that to me over the time I got to know him. Is that guy staring at me? You know, I'm, I'm 46 years of age and nobody's ever stared at me. <laughs> now, I may not be good looking and I love Josh, but I think I'm better looking than him. I'm just saying. <laughs> just saying. And no one's ever stared at me. Wendy stares at me a lot. I just, don't you, my sweet wife? She does. Usually staring at me like, what are you doing, boy? Yeah, she is now. What are you looking at? What are you looking at? Colossians 3, verse 1. If then you are raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Seek those things, look at, stare at those things which are above. Paul's writing to the Colossians church. He's writing to men and women that have come to Christ out of being Gentiles, out of outworking their lives in messed up living, messed up way. And now he speaks to those guys, if then you were raised with Christ. I love this thought, this concept, and I love what Paul is bringing in revelation to our lives on the reality that our lives have been raised with Christ. Listen, in 2023, you and I have been raised with Christ. The beauty of the gospel tells us that we were once dead, but now we're alive and we are raised up with Christ. The picture of the waters of baptism, we go, we have our lives lowered into those waters and we raise up anew in Christ. Paul says, if you were raised with Christ, look at, stare at, seek those things which are above. Paul says to look where Christ is at, at the right hand of the Father God. Seek those things. You know, I notice if I look across the globe, I see a whole bunch of people seeking some rubbish. 
seeking some ugly things, seeking some messed up things. If I can say anything at the start of 2023, can we seek those things which are above in Christ? Can we seek what Christ has for us in 2023? Can we seek Him? Can we seek our God? Can we seek our Savior? As a church, can we lean into seeking Him? I love this quote from St. Augustine. To fall in love with God is the greatest romance. To seek Him, the greatest adventure. To find Him, the greatest of human achievements. I love that quote. To fall in love with God is the greatest romance. To seek Him, the greatest adventure. Where do I start in seeking Him? Where do I start? You know what? That is the right question to ask. That is the right question for our life, making it our primary purpose for 2023 to say, God, I want to seek you. Paul goes on in verse 2. He says, set your minds on things above, not on things on this earth. You know, I've read this passage thousands and thousands of times. And every time I read this passage, it reminds me of the statement, set your minds on a stubbornness to be set in our thinking. I look across this room. Some of you I know well. Some of you I don't know well. Some of you that I do know well in this room, I know that you are those hideously stubborn people. I, I, I don't want to point out people in this room. I, I easily could. I'd be pointing at myself first and foremost because I'm one of those hideously stubborn people. But you're hideously stubborn in your life. I'm stubborn. I'm so stubborn. And I read this verse where he says, set your mind on the things above. Listen, can we as a church set our minds on what God has for us? Set our minds in 2023 on what God has for us in our lives. At the start of this year, I want to remind you of the power of setting your mind on what God has for me. There's many distractions today. And there's so many other things that we can set our minds upon. COVID over the last three years has been one of the biggest distractions to the church. Worldwide, hugest distractions. We've seen people that... that, that left church three years ago because of COVID and still haven't returned. The distraction of COVID was huge. Let's step past COVID. Let's just come to the reality of life. The, the, the simple distractions of, of what a phone can do to us today. The simple distractions of social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, YouTube. We're going to Netflix, Apple movies, sport. The distractions. Let, let me ask, no, this is an internal audit question. How many people stayed up for hours watching the Soccer World Cup? In the wee hours of the morning, before you come on now, wait for the end of the statement. You can't stay up five minutes to pray. Come on now. Can I hear a come on now again? I hear some silence up the back, Josiah. <laughs> Stay up for hours. Soccer, for goodness sakes. If you're going to watch anything, soccer. My Lord. Football. Football from somebody that stayed up watching some football. We stay up distracted. Paul didn't say, set your minds 
on the distractions of this world. Paul said to the Colossians church, people that are trying to build themselves into the image of Christ, people that have come out of brokenness, mess, despair, ugliness, he's saying right now, set your minds. 2023, can we set our minds on the things above? Verse 3, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Can I just say the Bible has some big statements, some huge statements. If you read the Bible, there's some jaw-dropping statements in the Word of God, some things that just make you go, oh my goodness, that is massive. But this is pretty much the top of the chain of big statements because Paul says this, for you died, your life died, your selfishness died. Your desires died. You died. Paul doesn't say, hey, listen, it's all good. You're still living your life. You're doing your thing. You got your goals. You got your plan. He doesn't say that. He says, for you died and your life now is hidden with Christ. Listen, if we grasp the power of this statement, every single one of us will be dragged out of selfishness. Dragged out of the self-absorbed life that we have. It drags us away with the realization that we died with Christ. Christianity is a realization that you are dead and Christ is coming alive in you. I know that is really unpopular in 21st century living. In 21st century Christianity, we run the risk of continually looking at God through how we want Him to be. We definitely run the risk of looking at His Word. I I listen to Christians all the time tell me how that part of the Word doesn't matter anymore and that part of the Word's been shifted because we feel like that we're still alive and Christ is just dead. We died in Christ and in the reality of that, His Word speaks to us in the truth that it is. Yes, it shifts us sometimes. Yes, we don't like it sometimes. Yes, that death hurts sometimes but we come alive with Christ. B.B. Warfield said this, he who begins by seeking God within himself may end up by confusing himself with God. Oh, I can see that sometimes in my life and I can see that sometimes in 21st century Christianity. Listen, I'm grateful that John 10.10 says that God come to give us life and life abundantly. I'm grateful for that. But listen, Paul doesn't say, come and seek life and life abundant. He says, seek the things which are above. He says, seek God, seek Jesus, seek Him, because we're dead and now we're alive in Christ. I see people often post, you know, the the whole purpose of life is to just be happy. I want to be really clear. If you want to not make yourself happy, try and make yourself happy. If you feel like the whole purpose of your life is to be happy, you will never be happy. The purpose of your life is to seek Christ. Listen, in that comes life and life abundant. In that comes the blessings of God. In that comes joy. In that comes peace. Because they're fruits of the Spirit being outworked in our life. Your life is hidden with Christ. Your life is dead in Christ. What comes next? It's Christ's likeness appearing in us. Verse 4, when Christ, who is our life, appears. Where does He appear? He appears in me. He appears in you. 
then you will also appear with him in glory. Listen, Paul's not just speaking about the fact that one day we go to heaven. I was talking to a young person recently and they're like, you know, PT, I just, I just, I just want to get to heaven. This year I want to do well so I can get, listen girl, you don't get to heaven because you do well. I'm talking to this young person, but it's not doing well that gets you to heaven. You get to heaven because Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. He paid for your sin. Listen, the way to heaven doesn't come through good actions. The way to heaven comes through Christ and what He has done through the cross. It's the finished work of the cross. It's done on my behalf. It's done on yours. Don't just feel like you're trying to do good because you need to get to heaven. You get to heaven because of Christ. Listen, you do good because Christ is in you and now glory is coming out of you. He brings change and transformation. When we're dead in Christ, the life of Christ appears in us. I am grateful that the life of Christ has appeared in me because I tell you what, my life was a mess and it was ugly. My life was filled with selfishness and brokenness and Christ came alive inside of me and it's a powerful thing, a powerful thing. It's the kingdom of God alive in me today. Verse 5, therefore put to death your members which are on earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Listen, I know in this 21st century living, we don't like to speak about the things that God really clearly tells us to put to death. Paul is very clear about this. This isn't a cultural thing that he's speaking to. This is the world he's speaking to, because culturally it still fits today. Fits in the world that we're in today. He says, put to death some things. Put to death some stuff. Listen, I want to tell you, it is very hard to put to death something that you're still feeding. I want to celebrate my wife for a moment. Can I do that? Listen, in the past, she has struggled to keep plants alive. But 2022, she kept plants alive. In the past, she has struggled to keep fish alive. But in 2022, we still have fish living in our fish tank. Little disclaimer, we have a couple that died. We have a cat that enjoys to reach into the fish tank and capture fish. I feel like it's the only time I ever relate to a cat. I hate that thing, but it's a fisher cat, and I like that. That's a good thing about the cat. But it's pulled a couple of fish out. One of them actually was out for a couple of hours. I saw it catch it, and I'm like, you stupid cat, get away from that thing. I just enjoyed hitting the cat, I'll be honest. But get away from that thing. And I looked, I can't see the fish. Like an hour later, Wendy finds a fish, puts it back in, and keeps swimming. That's a tough fish. Tough fish. Tough fish. She kept them alive. Why? Because she fed the plants, and she fed the fish. If you want those fish to die, don't feed the things. They'll die. If you want those plants to die, don't feed them. They'll die. Listen, he says, put to death some stuff. It is really difficult to put to death some of our wrong thinking when we feed it every single day. I want to put to death that spirit of lust over my mind, but I'm on the computer every day looking at the mess and looking at the brokenness. I want to put to death the, the, the mess of, of my world, yet I'm feeding it with the music I listen to. And I'm feeding mess. I'm feeding brokenness. I'm feeding anger. I'm feeding bitterness and resentfulness. If you want to put some stuff to death, stop feeding it. What are you feeding in your life? What are you feeding and keeping alive as you keep feeding it and letting it grow and letting it enlarge? If you want to put to death that mess, starve it a little bit. Starve yourself from that stuff 
that has been speaking into it, verse 6. Because of these things, the wrath of God coming upon the sons of disobedience. That is a big statement. And listen, we can read that in multiple ways, but let us read it in the, in the right way. This is how God brings His wrath to disobedience. The Bible tells us in Romans, He gave them over to their debased minds. And they bore in their bodies the brokenness of their outworking their lives. How does God give us over to wrath? He gives us over to our outworking at life. I was speaking to someone a little while. He's like, everybody's doing this. It's okay. It's not okay. Have you watched the news recently? How is everybody outworking their life doing for our city today? How's it doing for our nation today? How's it doing for the world today? Everyone's just outworking their life you know, it's okay to move in with someone, live together with them before you're going to get married. It's, it's okay. Everyone's doing it. Yeah, 94% of de facto relationships end in brokenness. Is that okay? No, it's not. It's a distraction. Oh, but the ways of God are old-fashioned. They may be old-fashioned, but they work. It, it, God just said, if you want to live that way, I'll give you over to it. And we have the world we have today. And the disobedience is outworked. His wrath is outworked in people just living and living in mess and brokenness. Your sin is your punishment. The outworking in your life is your punishment. I love what he says here in verse 7. In which you yourselves once walked uh, when you lived in them. This is what I feel like Paul's saying right now. He's speaking, again, he's speaking to the Colossians church. These weren't necessarily Jews that had been living beautiful, lovely lives. These are Gentiles that had outworked their lives in messed up ways. Their sexuality was twisted and perverted. They're outworking in their lives in debauchery and brokenness. What was so clear, they've now come to Christ. And here coming to Christ, their lives have been changed. He's reminding them they're dead in Christ and they're Christ is becoming alive in them. And he's saying, put to death these errors of your life. And he's saying, listen, the world keeps living like that. And the outworking of that is my wrath upon them in their lives being messed up by their sin. And it's almost like Paul can see the self-righteousness starting to rise up in these Christians. They're like, yeah, and they deserve it, those filthy, dirty, heathen sinners. I can see that self-righteousness rising up. So Paul just has a little disclaimer, which you also were a little while ago. You, you were that messed up, broken person, just a little while ago in your life. But Christ has come and He's brought redemption to you. Anyone like those reminders for the Christians in the room? When we start to point the finger in Anala, oh, those filthy heathens. Look at them living with people before they get married. Look at them smoking. Look at them drinking. Look at them doing, oh, and such were some of you. But you've been washed. You've been sanctified. And Paul reminds us that, oh, that's right. I was a bit messed up before. And listen, God's grace reached out to me and God's grace is reaching out to my neighbor. Oh, I hate my neighbor, but God's grace is reaching out to them. Oh, they partied all Christmas night. I wanted to be spiritual and serve Jesus, but they were partying. Yes, yes, and such were some of you. But you've been washed and you've been sanctified. And we come back to the reality that Christ is alive in me. Just in case any of us got self-righteous during the period of time. I know none of us would be like that because we're so gracious and we're so loving. Stops us from judging. He comes and reminds the Colossians church, you guys are pretty messed up. But listen, you've been dead in Christ and you're coming alive again. Verse 8. But now you yourselves 
are to put off all these sins. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. You notice that putting off stuff is deliberate. Listen, there's two things that go on here. He says, put to death. He says, kill that inward aspect of your life, that inward person. Put, put that down. Let it die. Don't feed it. Let it die. But then he also says, there's some other things you have to put off. There's some habits that are just habits of your life, habits of your language, habits of anger, habits of frustration. Some of those things you just actually need to put off. Have you noticed that things can change in your heart, but your language is habitual? Have you noticed that? Things change inside, but some of the outside things actually need to be deliberately stopped. Paul addresses both. Listen, you need to die. Something needs to shift in your heart. But once something shifts in your heart, there's some other stuff you need to take off your life. Some other stuff you need to remove. Unclothe yourself from these things. Unclothe yourself from anger. Unclothe yourself from wrath. Unclothe yourself from blasphemy, from filthy language out of your mouth. Unclothe yourself. It's a deliberate action. I remember once I fell asleep on the couch and I was fully clothed from the day that I had before. And it was a day that I worked physically hard. I was smelly. I was in dirty clothes and I was sleeping on the couch. Now, unfortunately, when I'm sleeping on the couch, I never wake up well. Pastor Wendy comes quietly. Hey, are you going to get up and have a shower and go to bed? She just does that nicely. And I would love to say my response was, yes, my sweet love, thank you for awakening me with your beautiful whispers and your beautiful face. That wasn't my response. I'm like, get off me. What are you doing? Oh, you're waking me up because I'm stinky and I'm ugly clothes. But I need to go and have a shower and take off so that I can go to bed, so that I can sleep well and not wake up even stinkier in the morning. Some things we need to take off our lives. Some things need deliberate action in who we are. Some things need to be taken off and removed who we are. In verse 9, he says, don't lie to one another. Since you put off the old man with his deeds. Since you've put off. Listen, if you're in the room here and you say, listen, I've been redeemed, I'm saved, but this is me. Paul's really clear. This is me sometimes has to shift and change. And sometimes that's on me and sometimes that's on you. Our actions, our outworking. Yes, our hearts shifted in Christ, but sometimes the outward just needs a bit of deliberate pulling off. What do we need to take off this year? What needs to be taken off at the end of 2022 so we can walk clean, fresh into 2023 and put on something totally different? Listen, this is the important picture for our lives. Some things need to be taken off. And he says this, don't lie to one another. What's he saying? Let truth be self-evident in your lives. Truth is an important aspect of walking with God. Again, in verse 10, he says this, And having put on the new man, who's renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Listen, there's a flow here. It says, put off lies, but come to new knowledge, which is truth. The Bible tells us truth comes from the spirit of truth, which is the Holy Spirit in us. It's the spirit of truth that speaks truth into me and speaks truth into you. When we come, we put off lies, we put off deception so that truth can speak. Susie Cassim said this, 
if the Creator stood before a million men with the light of a million lamps, only a few would truly see because truth is already alive in their hearts. Truth can only be seen by those with truth in them. He who does not have truth in the heart will always be blind to it. This, this is the crazy part of what happens when we encounter the spirit of truth. Listen, I grew up in church, but at 19 I encounter the spirit of truth and the word of truth comes alive in me. It's the encounter with Christ and His Holy Spirit that brings truth to His word. You know, some people can't see truth. I've shared the truth of Christ to people and they don't want to see that because that light hasn't yet come to their hearts and lives. This is natural as much as is spiritual. I remember as a kid studying mathematics. In mathematics, I, I, I always thought that, that multiplication meant there was way more than addition. But when you say one times one compared to one plus one, it's less. I struggled with that concept till I understood and the truth of what multiplication and addition really was. I, I think of others. I, I remember a person speaking to me once and they were, they were vegan and they were telling me that it was wrong to catch your own fish and to eat fish. I, I was like, listen, fish is full of omega-3s that build your brain. It's really important. And having that opinion, I can understand why, because you don't have enough omega-3s. <laughs> they went on to tell me and assure me they do because they take fish oil tablets every day. Obviously not enough because they didn't realize fish oil comes from fish. Just can't see the light. If you're vegan in the room, I love you. And I apologize deeply to you a little bit. Listen, what we see, what do we see? What's happening here in this situation? The knowledge that comes to us. Paul says, and put on. Again, there is an action here that comes with an internal work that is in our lives. Put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Let me come back to that original question. What does it look like to seek? It's seeking the image of Christ. And that becomes a part of our lives. It's found in the Word of God. It's found throughout the Gospels as we see who Jesus is. It's found in His character today at work in our lives. It's found as we seek and we lean into the beauty and the reality of who Jesus is. And that then is what we put on. Christ's likeness, clothing ourselves with it. As we've taken off the old man, we put on the new man. Let me wrap up with this one final verse. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, nor circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, syntharian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Paul's been speaking here to this group of Colossians and they're a bit of a, a mix of people. People from all different areas have come together. It's a, it's a ma major trading area of the time. It was one of those key places where people come to trade and they, and they come to, to you know, areas of, of influence. This is where they all gathered together. Now they're finding Christ. And He's written back to them. He's spoken to them. He says, put off the old man. 
Put off your mess. Put off your brokenness. Put on Christ. Change. Be transformed in your thinking, in your believing, in, in the outworking of who you are. But now he makes a statement that I feel like for the last 12 years has spoken to who we are as a church. He says, now there's neither Caucasian, neither African, not Polynesian, not Melanesian. He says, there's not Asian, there's not Indian, there's, there's, there's not Middle Eastern. He says, there's Christ. He says, there's Christ. It's not South American, there's Christ. It's not even Kiwi, there's Christ. There's Christ. I love this. This is what he's saying. Christ and his church, we are recreated together. I love the fact that we can walk into a building just like this and we can just worship God together. Listen, we do bring our past because that's the reality of who we are. But we come in here together and we say we are all one in Christ. Listen, I'm not saying we are this church, we're that church. We are the church of Jesus Christ. And in that place, we walk together, we worship together, we love Jesus together. It doesn't matter how we look, it doesn't matter how we are, it doesn't matter what food we eat, it's the fact that we're here together, we're loving Jesus, and we are being shaped and molded in the image of Christ together. That's His church. It was the church here of the Colossian church. Listen, this will be the church when we get to heaven. This will be the reality. I think every time we come into church on a Sunday morning, we gather together, we're getting just a glimpse into the picture of what heaven will be. There won't be a white section. There won't be an African section. There won't be a Polynesian section. There will be just people in love with Jesus, in love with our Savior, in love with our King, in love with our God, just with our eyes turned to Him, seeking Him, leaning into Him, saying, God, I'm thankful for the brothers and sisters you put in the house with me. I'm thankful for the people that are around me. And we just love Jesus. This is the reality of what He says right here. That we seek God together because Christ is all. Christ is all. Christ is all. Christ is all. We are recreated with new lives that are in Christ. 2023, can we turn our eyes to Jesus? Can we seek Him? Seek Him with everything that we are, together as a church. Our eyes are on Him, what He's doing in our hearts, what He's doing in our lives, what He's doing in our families, what He's doing in the greater community around us, what He's doing in transforming people that we're believing for, standing in the gap for, praying for, those kids that we've been praying for for a long time, those ones we've been in agreement together for, that we'll be standing saying, Christ will be formed and shaped and molded inside of every single one of us. Come on, let's pray here as we wrap up here this morning. Thank you, Jesus. My Jesus, I thank you for this very... I know this message will keep speaking to you as you continue your day. So for more information about City Point West, jump on citypointchurch.com or follow our social media accounts, Instagram, City Point West, or our Facebook, City Point Church West. Have a great day.